Liverpool, they're a football club steeped in history of spine-tingling glory and at times truly heartbreaking tragedy. But when you are part of Liverpool Football Club, you'll never walk alone. When you walk through a storm, hold your head up high and don't on this week's very special episode of the XI Network podcast, Justin, Peter, and Chengase come together in the spirit of sportsmanship to celebrate Liverpool's Premier League title 30 years in the making. On this episode, we look at Jurgen Klopp's managerial mastery award an XI Network Liverpool Player of the Season and discuss what's next for Liverpool as a football club. All that and so much more on this very special episode of the XI Network podcast. Walk on through the wind. Walk on through the Hello wind. and welcome to another episode of the XI Network podcast. I'm your host, Justin Borrow. Today we have a very, very special episode for you guys. But before we get into that, let me quickly introduce our panel. Joining us today, we have Chengiz Khan. Hello. Um, I'm happy. I bet you are happy. Uh, and joining us as well today, not as happy, but always happy to be around. We got Peter Robinson. I am happy to be around. You know what? I'm actually happy for you. You make him sound like a ball boy. Yeah. He's not necessarily (laughs) happy, but yeah, he's just happy to be included. He's just happy to play his part. Yeah. Or like the mascot. I could just get to walk out. You, you would make a great mascot. I was thinking that today, actually, when we were hanging out. I thought you would make a fantastic mascot. <laughs> <laughs> well, he does have a nine-year-old's haircut. Yeah, I don't know if that's uh, supposed to be a compliment was, or what. He but. was hiding it under a hat today, so I didn't notice. I was. Oh. Yes, I was. But I'm, I'm, I'm still nursing was that it? beer that you gave me. That that beer that I opened when you were here. I'm mm-hmm. still drinking that same one. Oh wow. Yeah, it's uh, it's now room temperature. <laughs> yeah, tastes even better but, room temperature. But Just I am kidding. enjoying it. <laughs> so, yeah. so we're Chengiz, We're drinking this Zodiac. Um, it's an IPA, and it's it's fantastic. If you have a chance to try it, it's very good. Excellent. But I we, will definitely try it at some point. But we are here to talk about football. So, um, Liverpool, after thirty years, have finally <laughs> won the Premier League. How are you feeling right now, Chengiz? I want you to say that again without grimacing. <laughs> I, I grimaced a little bit. I had to dig my nails into my legs. But um, no, all joking aside, it's been a phenomenal season for Liverpool. Um, they deserve all of the praise. Um, I don't even yeah. know how to put into words. It's it's one of those things where as a United fan, I hate saying this, but I have to look at it from a neutral perspective. But it's impossible not to like this team. This team yep. is just so likable from the top all the way down. The players are likable. The you know Jurgen Klopp is one of the most likable managers. It's one of those things where it's just it's impossible, regardless of you know um, rivalry or 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 whatever team you support. It's just it's impossible not to like these guys. You're not wrong. It's it, the thing that Jurgen Klopp has done is he's just completely transformed the vibe of the club like from day one like his first interview he said 
we have to turn from doubters to believers and that was a little bit of a work in progress but as soon as the boys went on the field for the first game it was rusty it was kind of haphazard it wasn't fluent it was against Tottenham actually um but there was an intensity that we had not seen in a couple of years there was a a fire and a passion and a, and a desire to win that had been missing from the last days of Brendan Rodgers it was you know Liverpool was suddenly transformed into a Klopp's club like for for all for, for all the squad building and, and everything that's happened in the last few years under Klopp, the one thing that has remained is that whoever comes in has to get along with Klopp. He has to... Klopp is the center of it all. And it's a very, very shrewd way of managing a club because players will come and go. Players will be out of form. Players will be in form. Relying... Like, putting your whole fortunes on a single player does not work out well. I mean, just look at Barcelona right now with Messi. Like, their whole game plan is passed to Messi. And then to a lesser extent, you look at what Manchester United have done. They've been splashing big on certain signings. And for one reason or the next, they don't work out. Either through a difference of opinion and how things should be managed tactically. Or whether it's just player temperament issues and a clash of egos. You need somebody who is at the top, who is in charge who will quell all that and instill a very strong belief system. What Klopp has done is he's not only installed very, very attractive tactics and football and, and winning, quote, the right way, but he's also instilled this belief his players would, would kill and die for him on the, on the field. You just get that sense from Liverpool that if they don't have the ball, you're screwed. And, and that stems from Klopp. And that stems from, from wanting to leave everything on the line for the manager because he is putting everything into the boys and and you you see that and it you know Jurgen Klopp he's gotten now a team that can get behind him that wants to play for him and bigger yet he has now gotten a, a fan base behind him you know one of the most passionate fan bases in all of football in England is Liverpool um so my question for you now, as a diehard Liverpool fan, Chengiz, and Peter, I want to get you on in this as well, but what does this mean to Liverpool fans? I mean, this this title is 30 years in the making, and there's been Champions League titles, and you know there have been other accolades, um, not a ton of them in 30 years. Uh, I believe it's been 14 trophies in 30 years, which is, is not great for, for a team of, of Liverpool standing. But that being said, overall, what does this mean to Liverpool fans? And first, give me what it means to you as a Liverpool fan. But then in, in a broader sense, what does it mean to the Liverpool fan base in general? For me, when we had our Champions League triumph against Tottenham, I was very happy. I was proud. I was so pleased for... Klopp I was pleased for Jordan Henderson in particular I was pleased for the squad because that was no less than what they deserved they should have had a Premier League title that year too with 97 points but you know it wasn't meant to be so I was just proud I was proud for the Champions League but when we won the title my god I was in tears I was crying I was crying and I didn't stop crying for a good half an hour like there's a big difference between being proud of something and just being absolutely reduced to an emotional wreck and I think every Liverpool fan 
would probably agree with that. They would. They were very proud of the Champions League. They were proud of how far the team had come, and they were proud of the fact that they had finally, after four years of progress, had something concrete to show for it. But the the title win, that one is in our bones. That's the one that we've missed out on twice. Both times, well, no, not even twice, like three or four times at this point. Twice with our greatest ever player, Steven Gerrard. And, you know, we were like, the, that slip will not, will still live on in the memory, but now we can all heal from that because we've won it. And we've, we've sadly not with him, but with the best Liverpool squad I've ever seen in my adult lifetime. And it just, it means so much that, like, I'm starting to tear up just thinking about it and just talking about it right now. Well, I mean, it was a well-deserved win. Uh, Liverpool has dominated the last couple of seasons. Uh, even last season, you know, there was there was a lot of, of talk of them possibly winning the league. Um, and, you know, they had a little bit of a slip-up just after Christmas um, where they kind of let it get away from them. Uh, but yeah. this year, they didn't make that mistake. They made sure that they, they dominated from the beginning uh, and they carried that all the way through. Um, and so that kind of leads to my next question. I'm going to go to Peter to you on this one because um, I feel like I haven't heard your voice in a while. But um, is this a one-off or is this a dynasty-type team? Is this a dynastic team or or is this a team that, you know, is going to win the title, do amazing this year, and next year is going to be back to, you know, top four? No, I think that they have dynasty capabilities and dynasty pedigree. Um, Klopp has shown that he's a winner. You know, he, he took a Dortmund squad that, uh, it, it was it had talent, but you know it's hard to compete with with Bayern Munich in in the Bundesliga, and you know he, he won the Bundesliga that year, uh, and he he's a born winner. Wherever he goes, he takes a winning record with him. You know he takes a he, it's almost like this air about him that when you know that Jurgen Klopp is your coach or that he's your manager that. Like Chenge said, you're, you're going to put that extra little bit on the line for him because you know he would do the same for you if he was in the situation. You know, he, he bleeds he bleeds football at the end of the day. And he bleeds beautiful football at the end of the day. I know that people are trying to say that Pep Guardiola is the best manager in the world. You know, Jose Mourinho is the special one, all that type of stuff. But at the end of the day, we have to realize, you know, this man has now won the Bundesliga, the Champions League, the Premier League. Like, when do we start to give him the type of accolades that we give Pep Guardiola? You know, does he have to? Well, he did. In fairness, he did get Coach of the Year last year. I, I get that, but you know, when people are in discussion, I feel like Jurgen Klopp isn't one of the first names that come up. But he's he's sort of made these teams and he's built these teams into what they are today. Um, and realistically, we have to hats off to him. He knows how to create a dynasty. He has been creating a dynasty. And I think that it's going to be dangerous. Honestly, I think Liverpool's going to be dangerous for the next few years. Um, you know, City just likes to throw money around and hope that hope that something sticks, to be honest. Um, you know, Spurs are starting to tighten the, the purse strings a little bit. United have made some some smart signings. We'll see what happens in the transfer window. But if you look at Liverpool's squad, they just have a very deep squad. And that's a lot of what he built. 
and a lot of what he's kind of been able to do. Um, so I do think that they can they can challenge for years to come, and it's going to be scary um, for everyone else. Uh, and I think you know to win the Champions League and then to win the Premier League, if they can follow that up with you know another Premier League or something like that, you have to start thinking that. When do we start talking? Jurgen Klopp is one of the best Premier League managers. I know it's it's hard to get to there um, with what they've done currently, but when do we start talking about Jurgen Klopp as one of the best Premier League managers? And then when do we start talking about Jordan Henderson as one of the best sort of captains uh, in Premier League history? I think I think the fact that he's done what thirty years of management could not do has already put him in the pantheon of one of the best managers to ever grace the league. He's, you know, second highest points total in history, 97 points, only second to City with 100. And they can still beat it. Yeah. And they can still beat that. So he's on course for having a 200, point, 200 points in two seasons, which only Pep Guardiola has managed to do. And we already, we've already, already established that Pep is one of the best managers in the history of the game. If Klopp can not only beat that, well, not, we'll match that and then beat it, like he's definitely going to be considered in higher regard because for Klopp, he didn't spend that much money comparatively. City spend upwards of 200 million every summer. We spent 150 million that one summer on Allison and Van Dyke, which most of it was funded through Coutinho being sold for 140 mm-hmm, million. Mm-hmm. So in actuality, we didn't spend that much money. We didn't have quote net spend um <laughs> that's like spurs favorite a, buzzword is net spend <laughs> right right and i want to bring up this quote by gary neville sorry justin um when jürgen klopp arrived i didn't think that he could win the title with the spending power of manchester city man united and chelsea but he's turned 30 million pound players into 130 million pound players whereas other teams have turned 130 million pound players into 30 million pound players which kind of says it all, doesn't it? Like Salah was a thirty-six million pound buys. Mane was thirty-four million pound buys. What's their market value now? Yeah, well, I, and you ha- you have to think that those two players could probably be sold for close to a hundred million right now, um, if not more. Yeah, which is is crazy for when you think about the the money that they they bought them for. Um, I guess what's even crazier is the teams that they kind of came from. I mean. Chelsea thought Salah was a bust, so they sold him. Flop. You know, um, yeah. you know, Mane was very good at Southampton, um, mm. but when Liverpool bought him, the whole, the talk was a lot of, "Is this the right player for Liverpool?" Right, and and we didn't know. And now it's turned Firmino. out he's amazing. Firmino, the same thing, right? Um, coming from Hoffenheim, they were kind of like, "Well." You know, he's bought from a sort of mid-table, lower-table German team. How's he going to fare in the Premier League? And he's been one of the best set-up men in, in the league this season and last season. Yeah, and they called him the they called him a uh, committee signing yeah. at the time. And even if you look at somebody like Andy Robertson, who was playing, you know, countryside football in, in Scotland. Oh, it's an amazing know? story. And and that like in the lower league, you know, struggling to make it as a professional footballer, gets brought into Liverpool. We don't see him for a little while. You know, goes through rigorous training, and then now he's a staple in that side, and he's you know he's yeah. one of the best players on the pitch when he's out there. And I think that 
it that kind of brings up the point of you know player investment and i think that liverpool is is probably one of the best teams when it comes to that it's not about the financial spend but it's about the amount of time and energy that you put into your players because the thing is that you can bring in and and teams like man U have have shown this that you can bring in a 130 pound 130 million pound player but if you don't invest the time and the energy into that player into making sure that he fits with your tactics or he fits into the squad in general then all you have out there is an individual and it's not going to work it's not going to make your team better and the the market value of that player is going to go down and i think that that's what Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool have done you know beautifully is that they have yeah. invested a little bit financially in these players but mainly they've invested the like in the player themselves they invested the time the energy the training you know they've created this team environment and it's like every single player on that team from the starting 11 to the bench team, you know, they all are a part of this squad. Nobody feels left out. You don't have yeah. anybody coming out saying, oh, I want to leave. I'm not getting enough playing time. You know, you don't have anybody who's who's who um, speaks out against the team or against Klopp, you know, what you see at other clubs. Um, he's really created this sort of team environment, this this team mentality, and that's what it takes to win. And I think that Liverpool is, is one of the shining examples of that. Which is, it just, again, it just goes back to Klopp, doesn't it? Because... He's said multiple times that a big part of player recruitment is personality. Like he needs good people and he needs good hardworking people on his on his squad. Otherwise, it's not going to work. Um, and I think they're. I'm, I'm just like going to say they're he, he doing sh- it right with English talent too. So the, yeah. a lot of their main players are English. Like, I, I mean, I'm not main players, but they have a lot of English talent as well as some you know, uh, international talent just sprinkled in there. But, I mean, you think of Jordan Henderson and James Milner, your captain and vice captain, uh, you know, t- two English internationals, Alex Op- Oxlade-Chamberlain, oh. you know, Adam Lallana to a lesser extent, um, Trent then, Alexander. Trent Alexander. Like, yeah. And he's only, what, 21 years old? 20, yeah, turning 22 soon. Trent Alexander-Arnold, who was a academy player and is now – Without a shadow of a doubt, the best right back in the world. They have possibly the best right back and left back in the world with Andy Robertson and Trent Alexander-Arnold. I think yeah. Alfonso Davies is kind of coming up there right now. Yeah, but he hasn't been long no, enough. He's no, if he can keep enough. it up, then you know we'll see. Yeah. And then they also have one of the best center backs in the world with Virgil Van Dyke. Virgil Van Dyke. Yeah. Yeah. Um. It, it's it's their crazy. defensive their defensive line is it's out of this world how how good they are defensively. And then you add um, in a Brazilian international in net too doesn't uh, doesn't hurt. No, no. <laughs> um. But since we're on the topic of players, um, I want to kind of get uh to the XI Network Liverpool Player of the Season. Ooh. Um. So I think that. You know, we should either... I was kind of debating how I wanted to come up with this one, whether we should come up with one collectively, but I think that it's actually nicer to do it. Each of us can choose one Liverpool player um, of the season that that we think has stood up to to, to the, you know, to the ranking. Um, and so I'll come to you first on this one, Cengiz. Um, you know, you have a great team. Like you said, one of the best fielded Liverpool teams ever. Um, so for you, who would you say was the Liverpool player of the season and, and why? <laughs> <laughs> we got heavy right away. Oh no. Um, the easy, the easy options are not the options for me. I would not say Salah. I would not say Mane. I wouldn't even say Firmino. 
And I wouldn't say Van Dijk. Even though all of those players are have transformed Liverpool in the way that they play, even Trent as well, all of them have transformed Liverpool the way they play. But it has to be Henderson, doesn't it? Like it, he has been the heart, he's been the soul, he's been the energy, he's been the drive, he's been he's been the title challenge and the weight, the collective weight of Liverpool's expectations and the physical weight of 30 years of waiting for the for the title. He is the embodiment of everything that Liverpool stands for. He's a, he's leaves nothing to the imagination when it comes to how he plays his game. He's not the most technically technically sounded sound player. He's not the most technically flashy player. He is technically sound, sorry. I misspoke. Um but he's not He's not he, he's not the type of captain who will make you jump out of your seat from a 30 yarder, you know? But he is the captain who you would want to to be led into battle every single day of the year. And because of that and because he's just a really good chap and he's just he's, he's just like I I can't even begin to describe how much love I have for Jordan Henderson it's because of because of who he is as a person because of who he is as a player because of who he is as a captain and because you know there's no more fitting person to be Liverpool captain right now than Jordan Henderson he's my Liverpool player of the season all right all around good guy Jordan Henderson I agree with you uh, I think that you know he's everything that you have to say there I you can't say it better. I couldn't say it better myself. Uh, he, you know, he stood up to the test of, of what was needed. Um, and this season, I think he really was sort of the heart and soul of Liverpool. Um, what about you, Peter? Who who would you say was your Liverpool player of the season? Um, you know, you have a great list to choose from. So, All right. I know I'm going to get some stick for this. But my Liverpool player of the season is Andy Lonergan. <laughs> <laughs> he's very vital third goalkeeper Andy Lonergan has to get it this year um yes you know putting up with all those shots in practice you know getting these strikers ready Mm -hmm. um you know the stress of being on the bench while Adrian was in goal yeah and and making sure that (laughs) Allison can keep his hands you know nice and supple for the games and not you know too beat down it has to go to Andy Lonergan no, I'm totally kidding. Um, <laughs> I <laughs> I have to agree with Chen Gaze. I, I think that that is the most obvious choice, and it's the easiest choice to give it to Jordan Henderson. I think, you know, he, he embodies exactly what I, I think English football is supposed to be about, as well as what being a captain is about. You know, he he's mm. not as well known as the other players on his team but he drives them forward he can pull them in when they need to be uh you know sort of reprimanded on the field uh and he just i think he feels he knows what to say at, at what time he has a lot of those steven gerrard type characteristics i think that that liverpool captains have had um you know since gerrard leaving to henderson coming in uh, I, I think it was kind of a seamless transition there going from one midfield general to another midfield general. Um, but my God, was that the hardest job in the world? It is to come in and be the... To follow Steven Gerrard. It's, it, 
has to be the hardest because you go from a club legend, you know, a Champions League winner, getting so close to winning the league other than, you know, being Slippy Gerrard, but, you know, Slippy Stevie G, what can you do? It happened. Let's not talk about it. Demba Ba scored the goal. Let's not talk about it. Yeah. Anything else? You're missing a few details there. All right. <laughs> Maybe the time and day of when it happened. Exactly. Whether um, the time of the goal. Do you know the time of the goal? I don't know. My brother probably does, but I don't. Um, okay. I just, you, you have to give it to him. Honestly, if I was starting a Premier League club and needed a captain right now, he would be my choice. And I think that yeah. goes, that goes miles and miles when people who support rival teams are willing to say that you have the best captain in the Premier League right now. There's nobody better than him. And he might, as Justin said, he might not be the best technical player. You know, he might not be the best. He's not probably the best player to watch. Let's put it that way. But at the end of the day, at the end of 90 minutes or 120 minutes, whatever it takes, he is going to leave knowing that he put it all out on the field and he does it himself. And that's what he asks for, you know, from the players around him. And he gets that out of the players around him. And that's why Liverpool ran away with the league this year. So Jordan Henderson player of the year. All right. Well, now you're making me look bad because if I don't say Jordan Henderson, then I'm just an asshole. Um, Well, you said you agreed. Well, no, no, I do agree. I think that Jordan Henderson is, is definitely player um, Liverpool player of the season. Uh, Like I said, he's, he's the heart and soul of that team. Um, and kind of like what Peter was saying there, you know, he's not going to be the guy producing, you know, top 10 sports center highlights, you know, every night he's not going out there and he's not, he's not flashy, but, but at the end of the day, you know, he puts 110% into everything he does on the pitch for that team, you know, and I think that you really saw that last year when, um, you know, in the champ, um, champions league final against Tottenham, um, you know, after he'd won, you know, you could just see it. He was just, he, he was, just overcome with emotion. Uh, and I, I think that that right there kind of embodies exactly what Jordan Henderson is um, as, you know, captain of this team and as just sort of, you know, all around just a good guy. Um, so I would definitely say Jordan Henderson myself as well. So I think it's fair to say that all in all, the XI network Liverpool player of the season is Jordan Henderson, but I did want to give a slight little shout out because the player I was going to choose for myself was actually going to be Sadio Mane. Um, I think Sadio Mane has been yeah. the most consistent player on the team this year. Uh, I think that you know every time he had the ball, you know he was a he was a threat. Uh, look, defending, keeping the ball out of your net is definitely um, something that you need in order to be a successful team. Doesn't matter how many goals you put in, if you keep um, conceding goals, it's not gonna you're not yeah. gonna win. But that being said, a lot of draws can happen. You can end up losing the title on that. So you still need to put the ball in the back of the net. And I think that, you know, the the the, the forward unit that Liverpool has is is great. But I, I think that Sadio Mane was was the the hardest working and the most consistent. And so I would like to give a, you know, honorary shout out to Sadio Mane as a backup uh player of the season. Honorable mention. Agreed. Honorable mention. Okay, I can I can get behind that. Although if you do, if you're gonna base that off consistency, then Van Dyke has to be it. For sure, I, I was thinking more <laughs> sort of. Um, let me be a little more clear here. I would have to say um, consistency in regards to um, creating goals. 
Because, sure. yes, we have defensive consistency as well. But like I was saying, you know, you can keep a million yeah, clean but sheets, but if you're not putting the ball in the back of the net, you know, you're not getting those three points. Like, that's what that's what means the most. So I think that, you know, Sadio Mane consistently was has been putting the ball in the back of the net this season. Um, yeah. You know, and, he, and he's fun to watch. And he does create sort of highlight reel moments. And, you know, he is flashy. And I, and I think that he's, he's the player that, you know, he can take the energy that, you know, a player like Jordan Henderson, you know, puts into the team to keep everything cohesive and he can sort of run away with it and, and have some fun. And, and, you know, he's, he makes Liverpool fun to watch. Okay. I have a very tough question for the three, for the two of you. Yes. <laughs> Between Salah, Firmino and Mane, who has the nicest smile? <laughs> well, that's a tough one. Um, Hmm. It's not easy, is it? I'm gonna say Salah. Really? There's okay. just something about Salah's smile. I was watching him on on, yeah. on Snapchat the other day. He was on the Liverpool Snapchat, and just he was smiling the entire time. And I was like, you know what? I I, I like this guy. Like I, yeah. You know, he's just yeah. He's he's very warm and welcoming. So I'm gonna give it to Salah. Uh, okay. I am gonna say Firmino, because when you have to okay. look at his smile, you have to wear sunglasses. That's true. That's very true. I'm going to give it to to Mane, actually. Because his whole face just lights up. He's like a little boy. <laughs> it's so great. Uh, anyways, that's the, that's the hard question out of the way. All right, I guys. Think. Well, we're just about at the end of this special episode. Um, my last question for you guys is, what's next for Liverpool? Where do they go from here? Do what do you do in the transfer window? Do you do nothing? Do you continue to invest in the team that you have? Do you bring anybody in? Do you think there's anything they need to sort of you know possibly tighten up or you know it's hard to say that seeing as they just dominated the season. But uh, what's yeah. what, what would you say is the next steps for Liverpool to ensure they continue the success that they've been having? The worst thing they can do is upset the team balance, and the way you upset the team balance is by bringing in the superstar. I'm very glad that we didn't end up getting Timo Werner. Because Timo Werner is a world-class talent, but he needs to be starting. Yeah. And he would not be content to sit on the bench at Liverpool. He just would not. Yes, having a rotational option for the front three, I think, is very, very important. But not at the expense of the chemistry and the squad harmony that comes with the current squad right now. So we have we have Harvey Elliott, who is very young, admittedly, but I think he can probably play it a part in the first team picture we have Harry Wilson coming back who I think is probably going to stay uh, we have Takumi Minamino who hasn't really had a lot of time but also he's still within that six months training um, grace period that Klopp usually has before he breaks in the first team like Oxley Chamberlain and Fabinho also did not get into the team until January uh, after having signed in, in the summer so I think the, the biggest thing we need to worry about really is depth and injuries um, if Trent gets an injury, we're lacking badly. Neko Williams is a really good academy player, but I don't think he's ready for first-team action just yet. Andy Robertson? If Andy Robertson and James Miller are out, then we've got Gomez at left-back, and that's never really worked out very well <laughs> for us. I think we need a left-back cover. Um, and I think we need to probably think about Shakiri and Lalana and Like, Lalana's leaving... Uh, Shakiri might leave. We don't know. He hasn't really featured in the squad since Minamino came on. We have to replace them. We have to replace the depth, and we need to make sure that everybody who's 
still here is being well compensated is buying into the project and is ready to do it all again because come september all of this is not going to mean anything anymore the only difference is they get to touch the sign at anfield but they have to do it all again they have to be ready to dominate from week one yeah and we all know how important the first eight weeks is for any new season that sets up the rest of the season they can't afford to lose a game because city will come back chelsea will be scary spurs might surprise united are looking deceptively good right now you know there's there's a whole bunch of question marks that are are starting to be raised about uh the strength of the league and whether or not you know covid etc has affected the balance of things um so liverpool have to basically maintain what they have right now they don't need to reinvent the wheel they don't need a marquee summer signing they need to maintain the dominance that saw them run away with the league with seven games to go well, only time will tell. Uh, but that's going to do it for us here on this episode of the XI Network podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please be sure to subscribe to us in whatever podcasting app you guys use and leave a rating and a review. It helps other people find the podcast. Um, please follow us on all of our socials, which are located down in the show notes. And thank you guys once again so much for listening. Chengiz, it's been a pleasure. Congratulations, thank my friend. You thank you. I'm gonna go. I'm. I'm gonna go watch that video again and cry. <laughs> <laughs> we'll film yourself this time so we can we can enjoy with you. No, no. <laughs> uh, Peter, buddy, thank you so much for coming on. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Yeah. Well, congratulations, Chengiz. I know it's been a while for you. Uh, I know you've been waiting, so it's well deserved, I guess. <laughs> I was just about to say thank you for being good sports about it, but no. Okay, great. <laughs> it can't be. As, as, as a United fan, I am not happy for you, but as a, a neutral lover of football in general, it's been 30 years in the making, and Liverpool totally deserves it. So congratulations to you, my friend. I have been your host, Justin Borrow. Thank you guys so much for listening. Oh, before you go, before you go, Justin, I have a phrase you might want to uh, adapt for, for your unitedness. Are you ready? I'm ready. Next year is our year. <laughs> Next year is our year, and I'll be here in a year's time telling you that it was our year, oh. and you just wait and see. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer yeah. is going to become the new Jurgen Klopp. Holy <laughs> at the wheel. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>